Welcome to the Odds Makers Podcast, presented by Superbook Sports. The line starts here as we take you behind the counter for an all-access look at the biggest events in sports. Through the minds of career Las Vegas odds makers, Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Want the very best in odds boosts, promotions, and contests? Download the Superbook Sports app. Follow us at Superbook Sports on social media and head to Superbook.com. Superbook.com today. Now let's jump behind the counter and talk with the odds makers before we get our wagers down. Here's your MC, Jonathan Von Tobel. What's up, folks? Welcome in another weekly edition of the Odds Makers presented by Superbook Sports. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel here at Superbook at the Westgate along with Jay Cornegay and John Murray. What's going on, guys? How was your week? I haven't seen you for a while. I feel like I missed you guys. I was uh, out of town. So that's probably why you missed me. Okay. All right. That's actually a good point. I feel like I haven't seen you for a while because it has been. It's been about two weeks. John, I saw about a week ago. How are you, buddy? Good. Uh, Getting ready for week 10. Looks uh, looks like a pretty good slate. How did last week treat you guys uh, from a a handle and action standpoint? John, you've mentioned the last couple of weeks, Sundays have been kind of eh because people are leaving after Saturday. Same case this weekend? No, this was a decent Sunday. We didn't win as much money on Saturday as we had the last couple of Saturdays. We did okay, and then we we did well on Sunday. So Nothing was pretty solid. Forgettable. Yeah. But it wasn't like, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was right in the middle, we right in that meaty part of the curve. I told Todd that we didn't need a wheelbarrow, but it was a pretty good day. Okay. Always yeah, good, good to hear. Always good to hear for you guys. I want you to stay employed and, of course, want all of your bosses to think highly of you. That is the case here. Yes. So. Uh, all right. <laughs> really quickly, an event like UFC 281, how much does that add to a weekend handle? Uh, how popular has UFC become? Does that add a lot for you guys? It's huge. Yeah. It's it's very noticeable if there's no UFC card on a Saturday. And some of these UFC cards, and I'm a UFC fan, some of the cards are terrible. I've never even heard of the people fighting, and we write a lot of money on them. So when you get a big one like 281, a pay-per-view event, uh, it's great for business. We did great on that event. Uh, it was good to see. Yeah. You know the old additive that if it's not on TV, the handle drops dramatically. Yet, almost every single UFC event is pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, it really says something that as popular as it is, basically through pay-per-view, unless guys are, you know, people, some of the, the players here, they have like these little watch parties. Yep. And they all have action on it. And every people, single fight. Some people illegally stream the fights. Mm. I think that's very popular mm. with like John, like Generation Z. Whoa, whoa. That crowd. Yeah. I would never do that. Erroneous. I, I don't know what generation I'm in, but we don't do that. I've never done anything like that. I will say, okay. add to that really quickly, though. At least Las <laughs> Vegas, I don't know how popular it is out in other um, you know, states because I don't go there very often. A lot of watch parties at restaurants out here that either have cheap covers or no covers at all. Uh, that I think that really helps, at least in terms of, I would assume, if you're making a bet and then you want to go watch it for free somewhere, get some food, that probably helps things out. But I've never, Dana, I've never illegally streamed anything. There aren't as many of those watch parties as there used to be. A lot of those bars closed during the, uh, what we call the pandemic. Uh, A lot of them closed, which sucked. That's what we call it, yes. Uh, We call the National Football League, I think, the king of all sports, so let's get into it uh, because it is the most popular game up there. Uh, We'll start with, I'm going to, I have this in my notes, and I feel like this is it. This is where it begins. Look out, the Green Bay Packers. They have covered two out of three games. Look at, I hear this, I hear the chuckle. Green Bay, uh, look ahead one and a half Mm -hmm. with a total of 41. You guys actually reopened it one and a half with a total of 41 on Sunday. This has since been bet up, actually. Green Bay is now laying a full three at the Superbook. For either one of you, which one wants to take it here? Because actually, I see three minus 120. It seems, Jay, that the Packers are a popular selection this week. There's still some scars there. You know, the general public usually bet the Packers every single week for the last, you know, ever since Rodgers has been there and even before that. But. 
because they did so horribly in the first part of uh, the year, if they just didn't get that support, people think that they just bet Packers both hands. But when a team like that, like the Buccaneers as well, when they stop covering the spread and start losing and betters lose on them, you know, they'll hop off that wagon. Now, the last two, as you said, JVT, that they cover the spread here, it's going to take a little bit more time, I think, before they all are back on board. But it's a start, but I don't think it's uh, as full as we normally would see it. Yeah. Well, and they lost two of those games too, right? So that's the other thing that doesn't really help them. Might have covered, but when you lose any covering effort, I think still people that jilts the view of, or excuse the view, I should say. Well, they came back and beat them. the Cowboys. Yeah, of course. No. Yeah. That was pretty impressive. And there were so many eyes on that game, and they actually mm-hmm. squeezed that out. I don't know what the Cowboys were doing, but blew a 14 point lead. They were being and coached they by kinda, Mike McCarthy. They, got, yeah, they sat down on it. It was, uh, I still think uh, we'll get to the Cowboys later, but they are still a very solid team. Titans were very one dimensional. Mm-hmm. I know they beat Broncos, but that's no saying much, obviously, but very one dimensional. One-dimensional, also the New York Jets, and actually, yeah, I think there's, is there worse than one-dimensional? Their offense is so bad, it may account for a negative. Look ahead here was New England minus 5.5 with a total of 39.5. You guys reopened 4.5 with a total of 39. Screen right now, though, I mean, this continues to go in the favor of the New York Jets. You guys are sitting at, again, a 3 minus 120 with a total of 37.5. I would say that the Jets probably deserve, I guess, a little respect. They continue to cover numbers. But at the same time, New England defensively against Zach Wilson, again, I feel like this is a little lopsided in terms of the matchup. It's a little surprising line move, really, because the yeah. first time these teams played, we ended up going, I thought some, some books got as high as New England minus three, minus 110. That was on the road, mm-hmm. and New England won the game and covered. So I've been a little surprised to see it get bet this way, but that's what they're doing. They're betting on Jeremiah's Jets. <laughs> uh I don't think much of the Jets, but, you know, right now all four AFC East teams would be in the playoffs. Yes. It's kind of amazing because I know at the start of the year, myself included, we all thought the AFC West was going to be so dominant, and we thought the Bills were going to roll to the one seed because the AFC East would be so bad. And now the exact opposite has happened. We'll call the coaching hires in Denver and Las Vegas questionable (laughs) and leave it at that. And that division is sunk, and now the AFC East – Looks like the big powerhouse. It's a big game for both these teams. Mark Davis said that uh, Josh McDaniel is doing a fantastic job. I disagree respectfully with them. (laughs) So, Jay, to your point, too, about betters uh, respecting teams that cover for them, the Patriots have covered five out of six games. They continue to deliver Mm -hmm. at the window, and I would assume that makes them a somewhat popular bet for public betters every Sunday. Oh, a little bit. You know, the one thing that holds them back on the Patriots, they're not a flashy team. You know, they don't win pretty. They kind of get it done. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not something that's very exciting. Teams like the Bills or the Chiefs, Vikings now even, Cowboys you can put in that category. Those teams that cover and score a lot of points, you can guarantee that their ticket count is always up there. Now, the Patriots, not so much, but covering always helps, yep. and you're going to see some support on them. So you guys, um, this is why I really like doing this podcast. One, because I like you guys. Uh, but two, you guys can answer questions for me that I really just don't understand some situations. For example, can you guys tell me why Dallas is favored on the road against Minnesota? Home field, again, is not really worth that much. And your guys look ahead with Dallas minus one. They actually reopened two and a half with a total of 47 and a half on Sunday. Currently, right now, it's starting to head in the direction of Minnesota. We're looking at one and a half with a total of 47 and a half here at the Superbook. I was surprised. I don't, and again, like one and a half to one and a half, not really a massive move, but I actually thought it was going to be the Vikings favorite at home here against Dallas. There's already been talk about that, and we base it off our power rankings, you know, and Ed Sammons and our crew back there keep power rankings, and they adjust every single week, and they're usually spot on. I mean, they're right there, and even though we had the Cowboys, I think, two or maybe two and a half, 
the um, power rankings is what it's all about. As far as the records or the popularity of the team, these rankings that you see on networks, you can just throw all that out the window. It really depends on the power ranking. Cowboys, I still think, are very much a, a top contender. You know, Vikings are still trying to sell to us. They beat the Bills. We understand that. I don't know what's going on in Buffalo. They haven't scored a touchdown in what, since week six or in the second half mm-hmm. yeah, since week six. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, just tell you the Cowboys are highly power ranked in our rankings. Makes some sense. John, that, does you, that make sense? No, really? of course it does. Well, and I would well, say John. Minnesota's John. won like what, seven seven games by one score? Something like that. that, that yep. And then yep. we always remember what we saw in the look ahead line. When we put this line up, the 12 day number last week. They bet mm-hmm. Dallas. They bet Dallas from like pick them to one to two and a half. Those are really sharp people. Usually your public players aren't looking to bet the 12-day number. Mm-hmm. Those guys were betting Dallas, and we remembered that when we put the number up on Sunday night. And Minnesota just keeps winning these close games. I mean, if Justin Jefferson doesn't make like the greatest catch in the history of the NFL, Buffalo wins the game. Minnesota's coming in on a loss, and I don't think anybody would think anything of it if Dallas was favored here. Yeah. You can say that about a couple of those Viking games. There's that one yeah. play that went their way. So, I mean... It's the inverse of what happened to them last year, right? Yeah. I mean, they were the team that went first in NFL history, first 11 games with a seven-point or more lead, and they were five and six of the first 11 games. The right. kid's got to knock it down, John. That poor uh, that poor DB for the Bills. Oh, was so boy, upset right? I felt bad for him. Yep. Knock it down, like in the movie Two for the Money. Knock it down. <laughs> Got to knock that ball down, son. Uh, two for them. Last note it's on this. a good movie. Because I know we have to move on. Uh, this yeah. Vikings are probably going to be okay. a really popular teaser, right? I would assume. Like one and a half, tease that up, get that to seven and a half. Well, I agree. Now yeah. they are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, now that you've told everybody. Yeah. Thank you, John. Well, that's yeah, the whole appreciate point. It. I mean, really, this is adversarial relationship. I feel like I'm supposed <laughs> to help the people that are yes. listening as opposed to you guys. Sure. No, 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 whoa, no. Whoa, whoa, No. <laughs> that's true. Not, that's wrong. Kansas City Chiefs, you guys should parlay every single NFL team together. How about that? We'll tell our listeners that. All right. Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So the look ahead here at Superbook, five and a half with a total of 50 in favor of Kansas City. Kansas City reopened to seven with a total of 50. You guys are now down about six and a half here at Superbook with a total of 50. So I'll ask you guys, uh, first off, these injuries keep piling up for the Chargers, but they're not big name injuries, right? Two more defensive tackles go down for the season, but they might get both their wide receivers back. So what does this do for you from a power rating standpoint and how you adjust it? Have you ever seen like slower healers than Williams and Allen? Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like, well, didn't Allen get Can hurt we in the week one? He actually, I don't, he, I don't know. He got worse. His hamstring got worse in the bye week, if I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> How is that even possible? I mean, clearly he was doing something. Did, they, did, did the Chargers still have that team doctor that Tyrod Taylor is suing for like almost killing him? Uh, I don't think it's 100%, but I believe it is yes. He's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. But you look at the Chargers, when you put them in the same category as the Vikings, I mean, the Vikings would probably be just a little better. You know, mm-hmm. I just look at those two teams, I and mean, they're very similar to me. The Chiefs just keep winning. I mean, they just are there. They're going to be there at the end. I don't understand, you know, the Chargers and their all their injuries and their receivers. It just drives you nuts with Williams and Allen because they've been questionable to come back for weeks now. So I don't know if this week is any different. And they don't have really much behind those guys. Mm-hmm. And Palmer hasn't been much, you know, coming in and being the number one receiver. But Williams and Allen would certainly be a big boost for them. Yeah. I'd assume that why it moves off the seven, right? I mean, it's a key number of seven. You get positive news for the two wide receivers. Thus, the market adjusts to like six and a half and maybe no real move there. I uh, think Herbert's hurt, John. Yeah. I mean, Herbert is not 100%. So he hasn't, he hasn't taken the strides forward we thought he would this season. I think this is his third season. You're talking about I, his ribs? Yeah. 
They I did just, note on the Sunday I don't night think, broadcast. I don't think he's, he doesn't look right to me. I think that was his first quarterback sneak since the injury. I think they noted that on the broadcast. That would at least give you some weight behind the thought that he is injured. I want to thank Kyle Shanahan for kicking that field goal <laughs> instead of going for the touchdown, which he absolutely should have gone for. Yeah, I didn't understand that. And the Chargers winning by six. Uh, John, so, they lost two you. yards on the play, so you know you can't it's go. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I, to, to let them off their goal line like that. Yep was a ridiculous decision, but it was good for certain people in certain places. I think Herbert's going to get healthy once these receivers come back because these guys, going back to the replacements, Palmer, the number one receiver, he can't get any separation. Mm-hmm. So they need some receivers to make some plays too. So let's go, uh, A bunch let's go, of moving parts there. Let's go south of the border. We have a mm-hmm. neutral site game again. Oh, that's uh, right. This one is in Mexico City. San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are the home team, technically. But... We, I guess they get the designation. Oh, yeah. Good for them. That's San Francisco, uh, look ahead here, or the 12-day line, as uh, John calls it, five and a half in favor of the 49ers, the total of 45. You guys readjust after that Sunday night win. Seven and a half with a total of 43, and pretty much where you're at right now, except for, no, up to eight with a total of 43 and a half. So with this, we talk about power ratings, Jay. This is just a true neutral site number, right? You guys believe San Francisco is eight points better on a neutral than Arizona. Well, with a questionable quarterback situation, yeah. you know, that's going on there. I mean, Murray's a big upgrade over McCoy. I mean, I think McCoy was okay, but, um, you know, with Murray back there, he's going to make a lot more plays than uh, McCoy. So, yeah, we're looking at the power rankings. Uh, you look at a neutral field here, 49ers about an eight-point favorite over him. So that's basically what it's stating. Yeah, San Francisco really respected by the market as well. And uh, he closed, what, seven and a half Sunday night mm-hmm. against the Chargers, needed mm-hmm. that comeback win. They have failed to cover three out of four. I will stay strong on my stance that I think the 49ers are an overrated team. Just going to say Oh, that. I don't know about that, John. Mm. I think they're the best team in the NFC. Really? I think when the dust settles, they'll be the best team in the NFC when we really? get to the postseason. Over Dallas and Philly? I believe so. Mm. Minnesota? Come on. Give my guy Kirk. Hey, look what, the, oh, yeah. look what, the, look what the commanders did to the, uh, to the Eagles, man. That's right. That's a good team with a pretty cool name. <laughs> <laughs> look what the Atlanta Falcons did to the 49ers. I don't remember that game. Yeah, they blew them out. <laughs> that I just don't remember. 2014. Broncos that's, that's beat, the Broncos ago. beat the 49ers. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I do remember that. Was By scoring 11 points, still. Well, we all have our days off. Let's get an update on the ultimate football handicapping challenge. Hey, guys, what's shaking in your super contest this week? Four entries tied for the lead, 35 and a half out of possible 50 points at 71%. Super Contest reboot underway as well, right, guys? Yep. Yes, sir. Starts week 10. Or started week 10. What, 156 in it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Not too bad. I like it. I like it. Any big bets of note before we move on to college football early in the week? Big bets on Pittsburgh and on Cleveland. Cleveland is at Buffalo. I'm wondering if maybe that's because of the weather reports there. Mm -hmm. See the line coming down a little bit. And then uh, Pittsburgh. I don't understand the Pittsburgh bet. I don't know what to say. I don't. I don't know. Because it looks like the Bengals are. uh, The Bengals look like they're finding their form, and Pittsburgh is so bad. Uh, So maybe that means that probably means Pittsburgh is going to win. My my two cents. T.J. Watt, of course, back. That Mm -hmm. changes that defense quite a bit, and maybe some think that they are better from a rating standpoint because of it. Well, they they certainly are. If if you assume that T.J. Watt is healthy, yes, then absolutely, he's one of the best defensive players in the league. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. You got something to add, Jay? No, just no, okay. Bengals are going to start running the ball again. I mean, if they can get Mixon going like they did prior to the bye week, I mean, that's a huge plus for them because mm-hmm. the first half of the season, it's all been, you know, uh, Murrow back there just making plays. But getting a balanced offense is going to help them tremendously. It takes pressure off your offensive line a little bit 
if they don't have to block for Burrow 50 times a game. Mm-hmm. They need to run the ball. And the Bengals could be dangerous in the postseason if they can get that running game going. We've seen sharp guys bet them in-season futures mm-hmm. on the Bengals to win the division and do well in the postseason. They're an interesting team because that AFC North is pretty wide open. Yep. I would say the AFC really is wide open, too, given uh, yeah. what we've seen from the Buffalo Bills last couple of weeks offensively and Allen's injury. All right, college football. We move on. Pretty good slate in college football. Big week for the Pac-12 because they essentially just need USC to continue this run so they can maybe get somebody into the tournament here. But we'll start in the Big 12. TCU and Baylor. TCU opened up three with a total of 57 and a half. You guys are down to two and a half now. So I would assume that means, right, key number. That's snatched up. There's a little market respect out there for the Baylor Bears here in this spot at home. Well, they were actually in a bad spot last week. I mean, they lost to K-State, and it was in sandwiched between Oklahoma and TCU. I don't TCU just does not get a lot of respect out there. You know, last week we had a number of tickets on Texas. Okay. We had some support for TCU a little bit, but I can understand why Baylor was flat last week, you know, in between Oklahoma and TCU. So I wouldn't be surprised if they pop up and play a good game here and catching TCU after that Texas win. Probably doesn't help to have one of the worst defenses in the country, TCU. I think that's why there's probably some consistent money up against them. The public really liked TCU on Saturday, this past Saturday, and they're going to like them again this Saturday. I mean, if this game wasn't at 9 a.m., this would end up being a monster liability for us if this game was at night. Mm -hmm. But it's early. People are still waking up at that time, John. Uh, What about USC on the road against, I guess it's the road, UCLA? The open here, USC minus 3.5 with a total of 75.5. And as I mentioned, this is pretty big. Because UCLA can win this thing and essentially ruin the Pac-12 season Mm -hmm. because the Trojans, after the Bruins lost last week to Arizona, are the only shining hope that they have right now in the Pac-12. Well, that's after the Ducks lost too, Yep. right? Ducks lost at home, Bruins lose at home, and that just blew up the Pac-12. So Mm -hmm. USC is the only hope to get into the playoffs. But, I mean, people are talking about that total. I mean, they scored, what, 90-something points last year. Mm -hmm. So expect a lot. And uh, neither defense can stop the run. So expect a a lot of points. I don't know about 75, but, uh, you know, when I looked up uh, the stats from last year's game and saw 95, I go, well, okay, I guess it can happen. We did see a market open of 82-and-a-half, by the way, Mm. on that. That was, uh, was pretty high. And you should also note, you know, that you guys opened three and a half. It's uh, well off that number. We're under three yeah. now. It's at two and a half. So, again, reading into some of these numbers, if you're right underneath that key and it's just pretty much sitting there, uh, there is a little bit of market respect for UCLA early on in the week. Uh, and then we wrap it up. You mentioned Oregon. Oregon opened two and a half, total of 61 and a half against Utah. Bo Nix, a little dinged up at the end of their game last week. It doesn't sound like he's going to miss any time, but that does hurt Oregon. And air out of the balloon after a loss that essentially knocks you out of the college football playoff. Yeah, they, they have no chance of making the playoff now because they could have got in if they won the Pac-12 and their right. only loss was to Georgia in week one in a game nobody even remembers. They would have had a good chance of getting in. Now they can't get in. Utah crushed these guys in the Pac-12 championship game last year. Yeah. If you guys remember that. So maybe, maybe a little twice revenge. Twice last year. Yeah. It's a double revenge of some handicappers, Big, yeah, we call it. Double revenge. Double, game. <laughs> I don't know. double secret revenge. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see. Now you sound I think like a girlfriend. I think we'll get uh, we'll get good good volume on that game, though. I think we're going to need UCLA, the biggest one this week in college football, though. Yeah. I, think, I think USC is going to be just such a public side. Well, especially They're, under three, right? That USC that offense like, oh. is just absolutely explosive. They can put up points so quickly. So if they scored 90 last year, what did you say, Jay, 95? Yeah. That was without Lincoln Riley or Caleb Williams. Yeah. So what can they do this year? We'll see. All right, we'll get you out of here on this just real quick question. Popularity of the World Cup, which starts on Sunday. What are you guys expecting from a handle standpoint? Does it hurt scheduling, like in terms of being up against the NFL and stuff? 
We're going to find out. Yeah. I think it's interesting you know, that it is going up against the NFL, but I've heard a lot of hype about it and a lot of talk. Uh, we do have some liability attached to some of these teams. I mean, only the true contenders like Argentina, Brazil, we have some liability there. Then otherwise it's, you know, USA, South Korea, some of these other teams that basically have no shot. So uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. We're trying to find places to go and watch some of these games, but uh, I think it's going to get its fair share of handle, you know, at the counter. You're a football guy, John. You excited? It's going to be great. I mean, we got uh, the United States is playing in the World Cup for the first time in eight years. Yes. So, yeah, we do lose that element of it being in the summer by itself, but we gain the United States team being back in the tournament. The time slots are okay. You're going to have 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. games here. Some 2 a.m. Pacific times. You're going to have some two Eastern games for the Superbook app in New Jersey. USA England is the Friday after Thanksgiving at 2 Eastern. I would imagine that game is going to do record volume. So I think it's going to be great. I'm not too worried about those long shots. Argentina is the only team that could realistically win that we do lose a lot on. So we'll see what we'll see what happens there. Brazil the favorite, by the way, plus 325 at the Superbook to win the World Cup. Argentina the second choice, plus 450. Then you get France and Spain at 7-8 to 1, respectively. Brazil looks like the best team to me. France is a little banged up. They've got a few guys that are hurt coming into the tournament. Spain's young. We did see a sharp player take 9-1 to one on Spain for 5,000 a couple weeks ago. Knocked us down to 7-1. to one. I can't wait for the World Cup. By the way, you mentioned uh, the New Jersey folks out there. I was out there. The app is absolutely fantastic. Loved betting on it and everything you guys had to offer from a bonus standpoint. So if you're listening, make sure you download that in the jurisdictions in which you can. And, of course, sign up and deposit. And if you like what you hear, take a second, like, rate, review, subscribe, enjoy the games, and we will see you next week here on The Odds Makers. Locked into the Oddsmakers Podcast. The Oddsmakers Podcast. Presented by Superbook Sports. Featuring Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and Jonathan Bontor. Hit our subscribe button, rate, review, and never miss out on weekly behind-the-counter access to the biggest events in sports. The Oddsmakers Podcast is a production of Green Roll Media. Green Roll Media. The world's premier sports betting podcast network.